Hey, welcome to Cornerstone Ministries Young Adult Podcast. We hope this serves as a resource for you as you seek, find, and grow in your walk with Jesus. Tune in for sermon audios from our young adult services and other original content. If you already have a home church, we're glad this can be another tool for you, but if not, we hope that you would check us out online at cornerstonelive.net or join us in person. Cornerstone is in Murraysville, PA, and services are Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Our young adult ministry gathers every other Tuesday at 7 p.m. We hope you are encouraged through this conversation between Pastor Brandon and Pastor Phil Schorner of Genesis Church. All right, hey Phil, um, excited to be able to sit down and have a conversation with you. Um, you know, we've how long have we known each other now? Not not long, but what's it been? A year and a half, maybe two, two years. Two years or so. Two yeah, two two years or so, and we 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 worked together for man maybe maybe six months possibly <laughs> on, the, on the long end on the long end on the long yeah. end six months and and yeah, actually six. so um anybody listening who, who doesn't know you know my family and i we moved to cornerstone eight months ago and that was after about a year and a half of just patiently faithfully searching to see what the lord had next but in that year and a half, there were a lot of new relationships that blossomed and bloomed, and it made that transition really difficult. And mm-hmm. you know, you and your family was definitely was definitely one of them for sure. That it was like, dang it, God, why, why is this? You know, I would say core relationship in my life. Why is that coming at such a transitional, you know, season? And, and man, you guys blessed us so much in that transition. Um, but, uh, but Phil, you know, I invited you to, for us to sit down and, and record a a couple of podcasts together. And one that I wanted to do because, um, actually two days from now, from us sitting down and recording this is my wife and I's eighth wedding anniversary, 13 years together. And you are a couple weeks off from your anniversary. So give, give me a little background, you know, how, how long you and your wife been together? Tell me about your kids. What was kind of the 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 cliff notes version of the phil and meredith story yeah so we met back in ninth grade in high school um we're pretty much high school sweethearts ever since homecoming in ninth grade which seems crazy looking back now <laughs> um but god just kind of uniquely united us um in heart in that time frame which seems odd to say but since ninth grade have known each other and as the journey went on we got married when we were fairly young uh, at 20 and so we were coming up on 13 years of marriage this June and uh, really just thankful for what God has done learned a lot over those years (laughs) and I'm sure we will continue to learn more Um, so like I said yeah high school sweethearts we have three daughters Uh, our oldest is nine and we've got twins that are six so, um, yeah, just a blessing to be a dad of three daughters. Yeah. So it's been a, a wild ride. <laughs> I I feel like my one daughter is a is one of the sources of greatest joys in my life and also one of the sources of great headaches in my life. So I can't imagine. I know that boys and girls have their own difficulties as you're raising them. Um, and I, I, I love you, but I do not envy, you know, 
six years from now when you've got yeah. two twin girls about to go into puberty <laughs> and one who's smack dab in the middle of it. I do not envy you in yeah. any way, shape, or form. Um, but Meredith is is amazing and 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 gracious, and I'm sure she'll she'll be an amazing mom walking her girls through those years. Um, but Phil, I, I you know I think the timing is interesting, and our seasons of life are very interesting. Um, but I invited you to sit down and have a conversation with me because really to supplement the series where we just finished up called Don't Get It Twisted on relational truths and how, um, you know, one of the things that popped up in a conversation with um, our counseling pastor, Chris Jeep is the idea that God places boundaries on certain things within sex and relationships. But Satan is so beautiful, not beautiful, but he's so cunning and brilliant mm -hmm. in getting us to ignore to blur those boundaries and then that's where relationships that's where it gets twisted that's mm -hmm. where it gets all messed up so within this series we talked about sex we talked about dating and we just talked about preparing for marriage but there's kind of this weird dichotomy that I made a comment and I believe this you can't be fully prepared for marriage ever because it is a God ordained covenant that you will never fully understand until you're in it mm -hmm. but us better understanding the weight of covenant mm -hmm. can in ways prepare us for marriage so there's a weird balance there but I really just wanted to reflect with you maybe pull out some scripture what are the things you know that you wish you knew you wish mm -hmm. hey why didn't anybody tell me this yeah. you know when we were going through premarital counseling we talked about sex we talked about finances we talked about you know how many kids we were going to have but why wasn't this a topic um, so why don't you why don't you pull one out for us you know what's and we'll, we'll dissect it a little bit yeah I was gonna say even off of that thinking back to premarital counseling which we did and I highly suggest that everyone should but again you never know what you're fully getting into until you do mm -hmm. <laughs> and so even looking back it's like I really don't remember all of the premarital counseling that you know what we discussed and you know went through I remember like um, five percent tops yeah I mean valuable things and there's different times throughout our marriage that I think back and there's key things that I can remember um, but I was just sharing and have thought as I've thought about the podcast here and things um, you know I think one thing that I kind of wish people would have talked more about has, has God really called you to be married and I think even in Christian culture, sometimes we can force individuals to get married. Um, grandparents, parents, as they get older, want to have grandkids and sometimes will pressure their kids to get married. Mm. Um, but yet, even in Scripture, we see that not everyone may be called to get married. And some may be called to have an individual life before the Lord. Some are called to be united in marriage and so I really would encourage you to prayerfully consider if God has called you to be united in marriage um, covenant is a is a heavy thing um, yeah. and scripture just shows us too the challenges that um, in Corinthians it talks about how you uh, will actually have more troubles in the world in being married and so those are some things I never really thought of, of having more challenges mm. um, in being married. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, and that was that was always kind of confusing to me, um, because yeah, it's it's so it's First Corinthians seven verse thirty two. Mm-hmm. It says, "I want you to be free from anxieties." The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord, but the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so that's where I think in in my journey... um, you just discover that the longer you're married, you can sit back and sometimes look and say, okay, am I doing this to just please my wife? Or am I doing this to please the Lord? And looking at those dynamics. And as you're reading there, if we go back up to verse uh, 28, it says, but if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a betrothed woman marries, she has not sinned. Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles. And I would spare you that. And so I kind of share that in the sense of, again, asking the Lord, has he called me to be married? And if he has, it's going to be fruitful. It's going to produce fruit. Yeah. Sometimes if we jump into marriage too soon, not asking the Lord if he wants us to be married. Yeah. We have no context of that union and that, you know, that covenant at all. But if we diligently seek him and seek his understanding for marriage... And he, he confirms, you know, seeking counsel of others around us yeah. as well to confirm, yeah. yeah, I believe God has has brought you two together. Yeah. Um, seeking that counsel gives more clarity to know, okay, God, you have called me uh, to marry, and it is a covenant, and I'm committing to this. And it is challenging because there's times in your marriage where we want to buy a house, mm-hmm. you know? One of you wants to have a really grand house. Mm-hmm. The other one's kind of looking at the finances like, I don't know if we can afford that. Yeah. Okay, Lord, what's the best decision here? Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, and those are, those are the types of tangible things that, like, I feel like when, you, when you're talking about getting married and it, you're getting advice, giving advice, and it's, you, sometimes you hear these things and you're like, oh, yeah, no, no, I get that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, hey, sometimes, you need to think about this, sometimes you and your spouse are going to disagree on your budget. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, no, that that's that's so obvious. I get that. We might like different things. You know, I'm good with McDonald's, but, you know, she always wants Outback, you know. And I say that as if Outback is like this glorious brand. <laughs> but it's it's higher up on the higher up financial on the scale. scale, you know. <laughs> but, like, it, it, those types of things are obvious. But with what messes with me, like, and even mm-hmm. when we read that, it it – the whole process of it is more clear and it's like, oh, wow, that really puts it into perspective. And there were a couple of times I said this with um, with Pastor Chris. It's just like, yeah, okay, God knew what he was writing about. He's not mm-hmm. he's not dumb as he's inspiring the authors of Scripture. Um, but that concept, I remember when I was asking my father-in-law for permission because I, I had already knew I already knew that I felt called into ministry at that point and and I knew that that could potentially be a very taxing like stressful mm-hmm. you know spiritual warf- spiritual warfare you know um, I mean uh, prosperity gospel is a false gospel 
but unless you're preaching the prosperity gospel, you're not exactly getting paid super well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not looking to get a, a G6 or you know, a G5, <laughs> you, know, he's, uh, uh, you know, steward your finances and the Lord's going to bless you, you know. Um, so a humble lifestyle, but also, you know, I had some fear of, I had mm. professors in college who were talking about, if you're in full-time ministry, you, you, you might need to be prepared to, uh, you know, live in a trailer park and all these different things. Mm. So I remember sitting down with my father-in-law and I was asking his permission to propose. And I specifically said, you know, Mr. Foglio, if I have to get a job at a McDonald's on the night shift, working the drive through in order to provide, but I never would have expected the amount of weight and pressure I put on myself to make our home as nice as we can. Like, And I think about what I was comfortable with and what I was okay with when I was, uh, I mean, my wife and I, we were dating, but I was a single guy living with male roommates and the quality of apartment mm-hmm. and like that I was okay with alone drastically different than what I'm okay with my wife being in. Mm-hmm. So like in hindsight, now that you read this verse, you think about it, you look mm-hmm. at the life you're trying to build for your wife and for your kids and you go, Oh wow, that makes so much sense. But there's no possible way I could have processed that pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, as it's talking about these anxieties mm-hmm. of the world, it's not mm-hmm. like an anxiety of, of I need to make a ton of money to be successful. Yeah. But that weight of providing. Yeah. Oh no! I mean, there's no way I could have been prepared for that. Yeah, yeah. And it's you know at various stages of that. Um, like I mentioned, we have we have twins, and so the first two years of having those twins was very challenging. Um, and I found myself in a season where. Your your wife, my wife was completely exhausted trying to care for the kids. Um, I just wanted to help out, but yet the kids wanted mom. <laughs> Couldn't give her a break. And, you know, going back to premarital counseling or anything else, nobody tells you how to raise twins. <laughs> you know, yeah. how do you handle twins and having an older kid at the same time? And, you know, I, I thought I was prepared, but, man, God reveals so much about your own character your own shortcomings in those seasons when you have zero rest you are trying to care for your wife and she's exhausted Mm. you don't know what to really do to care for her (laughs) Mm. and you know for me personally in our marriage was probably one of the hardest seasons Uh, for both of us we would both say it was the hardest seasons because there were just so many things it was you had to rely on the Lord. You you absolutely had to. Yeah. In order to make it through. And looking back, we see the hand of God in the midst of it. And you can look back and say, Man, I don't know how we really made it through there, but only by the grace of God. Thank you, Jesus, you know, for yeah. pulling us through. And in those seasons, um, I would say things that I didn't learn until being married married was how selfish I actually was oh I was I was not (laughs) I was not prepared and still feel ill-equipped for how much marriage reveals your flaws Mm -hmm. holy smokes that like talk about you know 
that's that's not a slice that's the whole humble pie mm-hmm. like the uh, and you know my wife and I we don't we don't have twins but those moments where it's like I want to help but mm-hmm. but there you have to acknowledge it just as a father your kids have a different connection with their mom than with their dad yep no more important or lesser but they're just different just different but that's gut-wrenching when it's like, I want to be close to my child, help my child, but especially in those toddler years where they just, they crave mom. And that, I feel like I was warned about. But what I wasn't ready for was what my thought process was going to go to. Mm-hmm. The irritation I would feel in like towards my wife, mm-hmm. towards my own kids of like, why don't they want me? Yeah. Like, and then you're, and then you get mad at yourself for being mad at them. Yep. And I know, oh my gosh, that, like that, no one can prepare you for that. And there's never a pleasant moment where the, where life or the Lord knocks you to your knees, but there's never a moment where you're knocked to your knees that feels the same as another time you were knocked to your knees. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they, it feels different every time. Every you think time. like after after certain seasons of being knocked to your knees a lot, you're like, I know what this is like now. Yeah. You never get used to it. You never do. You never get used to it. Nope, and it's always something fresh, something new. <clears throat> mm. And I mean, but when I look back, it's you know that reminder. And I don't, I don't know, people probably had told me before getting married, like, your spouse is not your soulmate, Jesus is. <laughs> mm. But it was, wasn't until those moments when I felt like everyone in my household now didn't want me, mm. that I was driven to my knees, and I had to cry out to the Lord, and really look at my own identity and where I was seeking approval acceptance yeah and looking for that from my spouse but yet needing it from my heavenly father and it was in those seasons that god really revealed that in my heart Mm -hmm. and i wasn't ready for that (laughs) you know i grew up walking with the lord knowing jesus but those hard challenges in my marriage is what really drove me closer to him Um, because I I found myself in seasons where it felt like, like you said, your kids want their mother and you feel like nobody really wants me. How do I help them? What do I do? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And I could only cry out to the Lord. Well, and you you say that and say that like, okay, you just said the hard parts of my marriage is what, you know, drove me to, to lean into the Lord more. I've heard things like that before, mm-hmm. but that's, again, that's one of those things where somebody says and you go, oh, th- I, I get that. But you, it, I feel like the only thing you can mentally prepare for mm-hmm. is knowing that when those moments come, yeah. you're going to feel so unprepared. Yes. That's the, so it's kind of this, not an ignorance is bliss, but just to know you're not going to know is like, mm-hmm. okay... It kind of frees you a little bit of like, hey, I'm not going to stress over trying to figure this out to try yes. and prepare myself for these blows. Yeah. But I'm hopefully going to cultivate a relationship with the Lord where, the you know, if I know, hey, life's about to drive me to my knees. Yeah. And I'm prepared to take that to the Lord mm-hmm. is very different than not only am I not prepared to take it to the Lord. 
but I'm I'm about to be blindsided. Yeah. And I think that the problem is, and even just the, the little we've discussed so far, is nobody stresses the emotional, mental, spiritual turmoil. Mm-hmm. The, you know, like you hear those lines in passing. Mm-hmm. People talk about how the Lord saved their marriage or this class going to counseling. And they talk about the, the tough parts in our marriage mm-hmm. made us stronger. And you hear mm-hmm. those little cliches, but that's how they always come up is just as cliches. Yeah. You know, nobody ever gets into the, this is going to wreck you. And you're going to have to redefine who you are as a person to adapt to the fact that you are now one flesh. Yep. Like. And that, I think that goes back to what we said at the beginning of what I was sharing of has God called you mm. to be married? Um, is in those moments, you can remind yourself, God's called me to this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay faithful. Yeah. When the world says not to, I know God's called me. I'm going to stay faithful. Mm-hmm. Even though this hurts, even though it's hard, even though I don't understand it, <clears throat> I'm going to stay faithful. Um, and in, in our culture, everything says the opposite. And <clears throat> how that comes is going to be different for every person. Oh, I mean... Yeah, and, and we, we hit that a little bit, but not but not in too much of detail. You know, a few weeks ago, we were talking about, and, and this has been a recurring theme in some conversations that I've had with a, a, a couple of different people of just how seemingly good, but yet at its core, just incredibly flawed our understanding of dating and marriage mm-hmm. and, the, and the pressures on that and... Um, you know, just the entire nature of... So, it, there, there's something incredibly beautiful in the marriage, marriage covenant to becoming one flesh. Mm-hmm. But the fact that God wired us for relationships, yes, especially in, the, in Christian culture, church culture, there's this assumption that, like, marriage is the varsity level of, of relationships. Mm-hmm. It does bring... An insane amount of intimacy and connection and depth, yes. But apart from sexual intimacy, 99% of connection that can be achieved in marriage Mm -hmm. can be cultivated in relationships with other people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes we, we use this this stereotype this pressure of getting married and we say well I just want this deep connection with somebody Mm -hmm. and it's no you just want to be able to have sex in a God honoring way if you want a deep connection with someone you can start being vulnerable and sharing your life with another person you don't have to have a spouse Mm -hmm. and you know you made that comment before about are we actually called into this is you know if there, there is severity to the marriage covenant, mm-hmm. and if we're just entering into that flippantly, you know because it's a a God gives a thumbs up that now that I can have sex, well okay, well there's something that you can't feel prepared for. What happens when mm-hmm. you want to have sex and your wife doesn't? What happens when you want to have sex and your husband doesn't? Mm-hmm. You're not going to abuse the word of God, mm-hmm. you know where it says wives do not withhold your bodies from your husbands and vice versa. You're not going to abuse the word of God. You know, so there's a, a little 
thing that you might not feel prepared for in a given moment. Or, you know, for my wife and I, we had a doctor tell us for one of our kids um, that she didn't think it was safe for us to have sex. So here is this beautiful woman that God has given to me, and I can cultivate a sexual relationship with her that is honoring to him. And then a medical issue pops up. So for 12 months, nope. For 11 to 12 months, nope. So now I gotta, I gotta revert back after being yep. married for three years. Yeah. Like, and the the mental battle you enter into there, like that's that's crazy. But, um, I do. I I want to jump back. Into I was this gonna verse. go on that quick thought there. <clears throat> yeah, go go go. Um, just in that whole vein of you know, it really in those situations causes you to reflect and say, okay, why did I really enter this marriage? And sometimes you can enter it because of what you think sex might be or you know in the Christian world you've waited you know you've you've followed the Lord you've stayed yeah. pure and then and it's like yeah this is going to be great. and then all of a sudden you're like wait no I don't get <laughs> and yet it's in those times where you really have to ask yourself okay why am I, I in this, this for me or am I in this to yeah. care for another individual as God desires yeah. and to love them where they are mm-hmm. am I in tune enough to realize you know I need to have self-control on my own part yes to acknowledge <clears throat> what is the best for my spouse and to love them as Christ would love them and again seasons where you know you want a particular thing I've got to have self-control to say, okay, this is not best. And I think often in relationships, tensions happen when one person's like, well, I want this and I have the right Mm. to have this because I'm in Mm -hmm. a marriage and this is my right to have sex or whatever those different things might be. But in reality, is it what's best? And And this was a completely different conversation setting but there there was a a class I was teaching and we were talking about this and it was actually a sermon I heard from several years ago but every single thing in existence exists for the glory of God Mm -hmm. so yes marriage is beautiful marriage is created by God ordained Mm -hmm. by God sex within marriage a gift given by God Mm -hmm. but we have this this Ideas sometimes it's overt, sometimes it's it's in the back of our minds, is that marriage is for me. Mm-hmm. God gave marriage to man in order that we can have sex, in order we can enjoy and 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 have these types mm-hmm. of relationships with each. No, no, God gave marriage to man for His glory. Mm-hmm. So if your motivation in marriage is self-seeking in any way you're yeah. already off course. of course and that's something i've never felt prepared for Mm-mm. is that so so we can say on this conversation of okay i want to have sex my wife doesn't but but marriage is for me she shouldn't withhold that that's in the bible yes but even that element of not withholding yourself mm-hmm. from your spouse is about selflessness and giving for what purpose? For the glory of God. Mm-hmm. So then when in Ephesians, and it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ laid, loved the church and laid down his life for her. But I want you to understand something. Christ laying down his life for the church involved an insane amount of selflessness and humility. The yeah. ultimate, you know, humble moment and selfless act. So 
that is not just a physical, like, oh, I die for her. You know, action hero, like, I'll jump in front of a bullet for her. <laughs> yeah. No, that is, I'm going to surrender my wants, my desires, mm-hmm. you know, my goals. I'm going to lay down my passions mm-hmm. for my bride. Mm-hmm. And it is incredibly selfless. It is incredibly humbling in the same way. But if your act of, okay, if Christ loving the church mm-hmm. was simply the act of dying, then why was he born of a virgin? Mm-hmm. Why did he live basically in poverty, mm-hmm. you know, or, or as a lower class citizen? Mm-hmm. Why did he put himself in a position of just having a horrible reputation? You know, why would he go through all of that if him laying down his life for the church was simply the physical death piece? Mm-hmm. But it was no, I'm going to, he surrenders his position of authority. Mm-hmm. He surrenders his, you know, Philippians, mm-hmm. you know, recognizing that equality with God was not something to be grasped. Mm-hmm. You know, all of that. That's There's so much involved there. But, but Phil, I want to I poke at you with this because you and I, we're, we're in similar seasons. You know, you're, you're currently serving as the um, discipleship pastor, um, as associate pastor at mm-hmm. Genesis Church in York, PA. And, um, and but this verse that you actually brought to this conversation, 1 Corinthians 7, mm-hmm. do you want to be free from anxieties? Mm-hmm. I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried mm-hmm. man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord, but the married man is anxious about worldly things. Mm-hmm. And then you read 28. Mm-hmm. Um, Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles, and I would spare you that. Can you start to unpack this? I, you know, we're starting to get there, but marriage is a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. It's for the glory of God. So why does this verse almost make it sound like mm-hmm. marriage is going to make it harder for you to glorify God? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, which is... Uh... And I think, I mean, I don't want to describe that marriage makes it more difficult, but as we said, I think it really ties into that separating of your flesh, Mm. and it makes it more difficult in the sense of worldly troubles are going to be more prevalent as you're in the culture around you, your marriage like I shared before, even buying a house or the different things that are necessary in the world, but they're they're escalated as we talked about mm. providing for your family. It just it increases. There's more to think about. There's more to worry about. Yeah. In the sense of who are who's entrusted to your care. So that's, that's in marriage. You know, you're not only just responsible for yourself and your own actions, especially as a husband, wives as well, but now you've become one flesh, and you're responsible before the Lord in that that sense of that responsibility. Yeah, that's the the piece that gets me, is they've been entrusted to your care. Mm -hmm. You know, there is a weight to, you know, referencing Ephesians 5 again, the... Uh, husband live, husbands loved your wives as Christ loved the church gave himself up for her cleanse her with the washing of the water that mm-hmm. you might present her blameless spotless mm-hmm. before the Lord and then it says mm-hmm. in the same way wives submit to your husbands mm-hmm. so there's an implication there that wives in submitting to their husbands is, is helping to present them spotless mm-hmm. before the Lord mm-hmm. there's a mutual entrusted care stewardship issue going on 
um, and I appreciate you correcting me there. It doesn't necessarily make it more difficult to glorify the Lord, but it it yeah. it it's a hurdle. Being married is a greater hurdle. Yes. The the analogy that um, it wasn't in the in the context of marriage, mm-hmm. but an analogy that always stuck with me is I had a professor in college. It was a biblical worldview class, and he talked about this this he described this scene of mm-hmm. a father and mother, husband and wife, and their two kids dying for the faith. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I would kind of throw this kind of thought exercise question out there. Would you die for, would you die mm-hmm. for your faith? Mm-hmm. Now here's where it gets tricky. Would you sacrifice your spouse for the faith? Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. That, <laughs> that, that, that concept of worldly troubles, anxieties mm-hmm. of, well... Mm-hmm. It, if my wife loves the Lord, this is a weird thing to say, but yeah. you know, I know I would die for my faith. Yeah, I would hope my wife would have that would same have mindset. Yeah, but do I? Mm. I don't know if I can make that call. Mm-hmm. So that right there is that conflicting mm-hmm. idea of well, wait a second. You know, if it's one thing, if I'm you know, say I'm out and about, you know, maybe I. I went downtown or went on a missions trip and I'm by myself and somebody pulls a gun on me and asks if I'm a mm-hmm. Christian, that's an easy scenario. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if I'm out with my wife and kids, yeah, someone pulls a gun on my family and asks me if I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As a man, I'm in, just, yeah. I want to take him out. Yeah, I don't have that same... That same, I don't even want to say vengeful spirit. I don't have that yeah. same, like, self-defense mentality if it's just mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. That is a weird emotion. And I genuinely, yeah. that just came to my mind in the middle of this conversation. I've never thought about that. That is so, <laughs> that is a very odd emotion. And I think, yeah, it's that whole thing of that responsibility now of when you when you aren't married, you're responsible for yourself. Yeah. Once you enter that union, you now have another person that you're responsible for. You become one flesh. <laughs> yeah. And yet you're two different people, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who have two different ways of thinking, yet yeah. you've become one. And I'm going to tie that back to what we said at the very beginning, as God called you to this union with the Holy Spirit mm. is so vital in a marriage. Mm. And honestly, I don't know if people really told me much about that prior to being married is are you unified in the holy spirit you personally or you and your spouse me and my spouse oh oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. I, i'm gonna also tie that to the beauty of marriage so you're going, as you you're going grow, you're going way deeper than just don't be unequally yoked yeah it's one thing to say hey i know the lord you know the lord it's a very another thing, different thing to say, like, we are unified in mm-hmm. that pursuit of the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's a very different thing. And that's a journey in and of itself that yeah. I wasn't prepared for, um, in a sense. And it's continual growth of how do we navigate this as we walk together with the Lord individually but collectively. Yeah. And the longer we've been together, I've seen the beauty of that take place more and more and the value of being able to walk with your spouse and learn to discern the holy spirit through your spouse mm. <laughs> guidance yeah, yeah yeah stirring and spurring so now we're also talking about you know yes there's challenges 
but there's a tremendous beauty in it too because as a husband I now have you know somebody who is knit close to me that knows me better than anybody else Mm. and who can help discern when I'm way anxious and I shouldn't be you know and I've had to also learn how to receive that Mm. guidance from my spouse and man when I have it's brought so much unity in our marriage and guidance and so the blessing of that as well it's a high risk high reward relationship the 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 highs are higher but the lows can be even lower Mm -hmm. and that is that's a that's a lot to process i mean because even there's been multiple seasons there's been multiple seasons in my life and in my wife and i's marriage where i've even questioned myself question myself as a leader um but i've just questioned the the there's been multiple seasons where it's you know are we reading the word together enough mm-hmm. are we should we be reading the word together more are we praying together enough or praying to, should we pray together more and then you get comparative to other relationships mm-hmm. and you hear other pastors and people talk about like you know oh yeah me and my spouse will read the bible together and we do this and do this and do this and it's like oh, well my spouse and I don't do that or we do it differently mm-hmm. and um that was something you know to to that piece the the finding unity mm-hmm. with your spouse in the holy spirit is is there's moments where I feel like we are not on the same page mm-hmm. and it makes me want to bang my head against a wall mm-hmm. but then there are moments where they're very quick not like the, not that the moment's quick me recognizing it is mm-hmm. very quick where I go holy smokes mm-hmm. we are so in sync right now mm-hmm. and it is some of the most enjoyable moments in our marriage are moments where I just I was able to just watch my wife do something on her own and go mm-hmm. like oh man that was so beautiful Mm-hmm. And then moments where we've sat down and maybe we sit down and we counsel somebody together or we help mm-hmm. do a ministry event together. And I look back on it and go like, oh, you know, this isn't like a prideful yeah. bragging moment. But like, man, we were killing it. Like not because <laughs> of us, but because the Holy Spirit working through yes. us together. Yes. And it's like, man, the, the yeah, yeah, high risk, high reward in those in that kind of process for sure. And you, you brought up a vital point, though, of that comparison factor of even individuals we look at others and compare then when you're married you look at other marriages and compare your marriage to their marriage oh. you know and yeah. yet each relationship's so unique and learning and gaining guidance from others who have walked the journey but learning what that looks like in yeah. your relationship not judging the other person because you know your spiritual connection with the Lord is a little bit different or how you engage with the Lord in the word and how much time you spend in the word might be different between Mm -hmm. the two of you. And, you know, God is working in the midst of that. And I know there were seasons in my life where it's like, okay, sometimes you got to step back and say, okay, what's the fruit? Let's look at the fruit of what God's doing. And, you know, Scripture tells us that you will be known by the fruit that you're producing. Mm-hmm. What is your life producing? And, yeah. um, you know, ultimately, we've got to look at that at our own lives and 
in challenging times too, sometimes with our spouse, you look and say, okay, is something off or maybe I'm off? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> There's times where I looked and was like, oh, no, I think she's actually a lot closer to the Lord than I am. <laughs> but I was yeah, at a point yeah, where like, yeah. man, I'm overly, you know, really seeking the Lord and all this stuff. And yet I had to look back. I was like, oh, no, I have some pride in the midst of that. And I need to look and man, my wife is a gentle spirit that's just steadfast, mm. immovable in every season. Mm. And I had to sit back and be like, wow, I, I, got, I need to learn from you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I need to learn how do you stay anchored mm. in the midst of that? Oh, I get anxious at that, times. Well, that was you know? that that concept as a whole was something I was not prepared for. It's mm-hmm. a misconception of what leadership is. Whether you're the husband or the wife, and the dynamic that you see best for your family, yeah. that's you, you have to flesh that out. But man, it, I mean, you've got all these solid resources. You know, love and respect, and questions mm-hmm. to ask before you're married saving your marriage before your starts like all these things mm-hmm. but you hide you see it scripturally the concept of headship mm-hmm. you know the husband leading the family but leadership does not mean you are always right leadership yeah. does not mean you're always calling the shots mm-hmm. Le- and it was actually a lot of this was solidified in some of you know my ministry's experiences personally but being a leader does not mean that you have all the answers mm-hmm. being a leader means you know where to find them mm-hmm. and sometimes you find them in your wife and you let her lead mm-hmm. sometimes you know you find them in counseling sometimes you find them in another couple mm-hmm. sometimes they are innate and inside you and you've just got it in that mm-hmm. moment but it does not make you less of a leader mm-hmm based on how often your wife is the one with the answer Mm -hmm. or how often, you know, a counselor or a mentor is the one with the answer. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't, that was something I wasn't prepared for, which was how poor of a definition of leadership I had. Mm -hmm. Because I think, you know, you mentioned before the, the cultural pressures of, like, just jump into marriage and, and, and this and that. Mm-hmm. But the pressure from church, uh, you know, and, and we're not going to get in the whole complementary, egalitarian thing, yeah. you know, right? You're not getting into all that. But the nature of, of headship is still, I would say, fairly intact in church culture mm-hmm. um, for the most part. And what that looks like is very different from family to family, from couple to couple. But this idea of who is leading your family mm-hmm. that's be- leadership is becoming a very mm-hmm. I don't want to say subjective word mm-hmm. but I would say it is one we often misuse and misdefine mm-hmm. in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and and yeah that's a big that's a that was a big slice of humble pie mm-hmm. and it's still a slice I'm eating <laughs> fairly often <laughs> Yeah, I'm just reminded of, you know, let the Lord build the house and let him build the family. Seek his word, his truth. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you collectively um, in that fellowship, in that union, and taking responsibility for what God's called us to be responsible for. And 
you know, navigating that. There's no like one, two, three list of how to navigate the situations that you're going to face. And yet use all of those one, two, three lists to do everything you can to prepare and, you know, kind of be ahead if you want to say. Yeah. But know that there's going to be the situations where it's like, okay, well, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't really help right now build build a list but be equally ready to toss it out the window window. yeah Yeah, you know and so faithfully do everything you can to prepare yourself um you know scripture i forget now exactly where the verse is but it says study to show yourself approved you know study the word to show yourself approved it's uh uh, to show yourself a workman approved yes oh you're gonna oh that's i know it's it's not catching me right now um but so I think in that concept of what we're just sharing in, you know, what I wasn't prepared for yet, because I do believe in our marriage, God has done great things because both of us before getting married did seek the scriptures, were mm. in the word and prepared as best as we knew how, <laughs> Yeah, you know, as best as we knew how, by no means what I say, you know, don't take every step possible to prepare. Um, oh, yeah, this is not a... But a, all that preparation, you know, then you got to learn how to actually apply it. Yes. And it's once you're in the midst of it, that application becomes more understandable. Yes. And it, it comes more from just, okay, yeah, I knew that in my head, but now I'm able to apply it actually in my life. Because yeah. now my, my heart really understands more what's happening <laughs> yeah you know yeah um, it's 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 definitely not a um it's definitely not a a mindset of well the, you know i'm just never gonna have it figured out so why bother no 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 yeah, no, 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 no no do you know you do the work and you put mm-hmm. in the work that you can but you're going into this this covenant mm-hmm. with a level of humility to say i what is it there's a there's a joke i heard a little bit ago and and it circulated a little bit but it's you know what are the three things that are most difficult for for people to say mm-hmm. is uh i'm sorry mm. i need help and worcestershire sauce that's the three, <laughs> the three worcestershire, yeah, worcestershire, worcestershire sauce worcestershire sauce i don't know worcestershire um, or, or <laughs> But I think that the other one, and, and sometimes they're interchangeable, but I think it, what legitimately is, what legitimately is on that list, I would think is, I'm sorry, I need help, is, and I don't know. Yep. And I think it, it's not this nature of like, in some, in some ways it is, a little bit of ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to study up on what I can and, mm-hmm. and try and understand mm-hmm. myself, understand the covenant that God is potentially calling me into. Yeah. But then as I go into that covenant, I'm not going to have this this arrogance as if I've done this before. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, if you have been married before, it's still it's a different person. So yeah. with this person, you haven't done it before. Mm-hmm. So there should still constantly be this attitude of, well, how should we do this? I don't know. And that's okay not to know. Mm -hmm. You are not the creator and author of the universe. You are not the 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 God who drafted up and created the Mm -hmm. covenant of marriage. Mm -hmm. 
But as you seek him and know him, he reveals more of that covenant to you. So you go, I don't know, but God does. Mm -hmm. And prayerfully, he's going to reveal us what it is we need to do in this situation. But I think what's interesting is you realize, you know, I... The main prompt I gave to you for this conversation, Phil, was what are the things you wish you were told? And not a single thing we talked about had any kind of meat, tangible mm-hmm. at all. Had meat, nothing tangible. Not like, mm-hmm. hey, this is how you budget, or yeah. you know, hey, this is the best. Uh, uh, this is the best way. This is the best, you know, protection to use during <laughs> sex. Like, <laughs> like there, there were no specific tangibles. It was mindset and heart issues. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think there is, there's, there's, you know, you, between, you know, Oprah and The View and Dr. Phil and then all the Christian yeah. books that everybody in the world is mm-hmm. trying to give their two cents as to here's what you can do. Here are the tests you uh-huh. can take. Here's the compatibility surveys. Mm-hmm. Build your budget before you get married. Talk about how many kids mm-hmm. you want. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, but, and you can mentally process that possibility but you don't know what your mindset and heart's going to be if the Lord decides that kids aren't in your future. Yeah. What if you can't have kids? Yeah. And the Lord's leading you to adoption. Yep. And you might talk about that in premarital counseling, mm-hmm. but you don't know the anger you're going to feel till you're in it. In it. Yeah. You know, you're not going to know the bitterness you're going to feel till you have the miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not going to know the 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 irritation. Mm-hmm. Or the sexual temptation you're going to feel to revert back to your addiction mm-hmm. to pornography mm-hmm. until the one night you really want to have sex, mm-hmm. your wife says, I'm really tired. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, you yeah. cannot know and you mm-hmm. cannot guess yeah. at where your mind's going to be and where your heart's going to be in those moments. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I would I would really capture it all in. Are you, are you yielded to... To the Lord, are you yielded to the Holy Spirit? Um, and I mean, I had people share that with me, but I wasn't prepared for that until walking through marriage more. And am I really yielding to Him and His leading, mm-hmm. and how He directs that? Um, and that would would really be, yeah, kind of a key component. I would really share, yeah, that heart and that mind, how you go into it really affects how you walk through it. Oh yeah. Um, well I, I just I'm gonna I'm gonna hang on to that. Like and just... I was I was gonna add um just kinda as encouragement in preparing. I've had it forget where I read it, but someone has suggested about finding others, you know, people talk about that that are further down the road than you, maybe ten years ahead. Yeah. And ask them, what are three things you know now that you wish you knew 10 years ago? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so if you are in a season where you're preparing to enter into marriage and you want to do everything you can, find others who have walked the journey. Find marriages and couples that are around you that you admire. And just say, hey, what are three things you know now in your marriage that you wish you knew 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guarantee if you That's ask good. four different couples, you're going to get different answers from each what? one of them. Four couples, two questions. <laughs> you have 12 different answers. 12 different. <laughs> quick, quick basic math. Here. Yeah. No, that's um, good. But it, I, it will be vital things that I think are would be so instrumental in, yeah. in helping. No, that's good. You know, walk that, so. That's good. 
I mean, yeah. I, I still like I, just that idea of of asking that question. Am I called into this? Do I understand that this marriage is, mm-hmm. it's yes, it is going to be pleasurable and yes. enjoyable to me, but the primary goal of this marriage is has nothing to do with me. Yes, it is about his glory, yeah. his name, you know, being made renowned throughout all the world and. And if the, is that a, a a weight a mantle, mm-hmm. I'm ready to bear. Yes, you know, um, there's a reason that covenant is held with such high gravitas because mm-hmm. it's bigger mm-hmm. than you. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than you, um, and it's hard to get out of that mindset where you think, no, it's my marriage is all about me. Yeah, yeah, and it should be at least. But yep. And I mean, that's the thing, entering into that is, <clears throat> talk about that, higher responsibility, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. It's, but it's, it is joyful, it's a blessing in so many ways, um, but it is challenging. Yeah. <laughs> As yeah. equally challenging, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. But, yeah. Well, Phil, thanks so much, man. I've really enjoyed uh, talking with you. And uh, just being able to use this conversation to, to supplement our Don't Get It Twisted series. If you haven't listened to that full series, make sure you go back and, and uh, check that out and, and listen to those messages. Um, but uh, hopefully you're walking away um, a little bit, a little bit, not nervous, but uh, hey, understanding this is serious. I got I to gotta pray through this stuff before I just jump into a relationship with somebody or I just put a ring on somebody's finger and maybe we need to slow down and, and pray and, and really know what it is we're fully getting into. Um, but appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah. Awesome. It was a blessing to be here. We hope this has given you some new insights into marriage. For more information on the young adult ministry, follow us on Instagram, or you can email young adults at cornerstonelive.net.